0: And welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle.
1: And I am Crystal Beth. And today we are discussing Minute 76, which begins with Ripley yelling, Hudson! And yells with Bishop saying he'll be in the med lab to check on Gorman.
0: Yeah, everybody, that's Crystal Beth, back again from last season, returning champion, uh, now co-host with me this week. Thanks for coming back, Crystal.
1: Of course. I'm very happy to be here. I've been listening and waiting patiently for my turn to talk about aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, All right. Well, hmm. well, I've, uh, I've been listening, well, and usually I feel like there's more than two people, and I don't know if I can hold a conversation with just uh, – just you and i
0: well i know i was just about to start in and i was like well what do we i don't we usually have a third person yeah we i am able to say you know oh and then we also have so, god this is really starting off weird we didn't need yeah i don't need... um
1: uh uh john uh, not not you john dangle john boyfriend husband yeah J- uh can you um john Engle, and i don't have a rapport can you come and please please help save us from each uh. other <clears throat>
2: I was just giving myself a mud bath. What's up, guys?
1: Hey, uh, we need you to talk about aliens with us.
2: Okay. Oh, I love that movie.
1: Oh, good. <laughs>
2: okay. Oh. Do you specifically?
0: Uh, what are you, do you have some specific feelings about minutes uh, seventy-six through eighty, by any chance?
2: Uh, yeah, I have some very specific thoughts, actually. Oh Good. Wow. Good.
0: Well, that's great because yeah, it was never it was never going to work with me and Crystal alone. I mean, I think that was pretty clear from the from the beginning there. So good, we got a little, lo- a lovely little bridge between the two of us and our, you know, pent up and animosity we have towards each other that, oh, really, I shouldn't be talking about, I guess <laughs> no, I'm I, there. Uh,
1: I told you at to the top before we started recording, I was like, please don't bring up what happened in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, well, elephant
0: in the room. I was really surprised you remembered it, but... Um...
1: Hey, I'm a very solid drunk person. Okay, I get drunk, okay. but I remember everything.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, luckily John doesn't know anything about it.
1: Nope. Because this would be
0: really weird. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> cool. So we'll just leave it. We'll just leave it at that. Because yeah, he was totally passed out. I mean, as good a drunk as he could, as he is, you know, consciousness is still required for memory. So thankfully, <laughs> wow, this is. <laughs> oh, I love it. I don't know how people are going to take this. I don't but, know uh, if
1: people are going to realize that we're definitely joking. John and I yeah. are the best. We just no. wanted to think of a fun way to get on Robert in here with what? us. <laughs> right. I am blissfully
2: ignorant.
0: Hopefully, everyone listening was weirded out for
2: just long enough that that was worth it.
1: They had their hand on the stop button. They were like, if this doesn't end soon.
2: I'm good yeah. to We just got a bunch of 911 calls from all of our listeners. Oh. Oh, oh, well.
1: Well, we are actually very happy to be a part of this very planned threesome. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> it's been it's been in the in the works for weeks, guys. Don't worry, it's not impromptu. We're, we are fully prepared to do this episode the right way, the the alien minute way. All right. Well, okay. So I guess we could talk about the movie now.
1: <laughs> yeah. want yeah. to. Sure. We
0: are in the in the middle of quite a quite a dramatic scene here that we're jumping right into, and to be honest. Um, maybe you guys aren't aware. I wasn't actually talking about the last minute. Uh, this was, this is uh, the first episode after my two week vacation from alien minutes. So we're actually jumping right in. Um, uh, and I'm not exactly sure what was said before <laughs> about oh, this. Wow. So here we go. This'll be fun. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've got Hudson. Uh, he's, he's full Hudson right now. He's, he's peak Hudson, I'd say, Yeah. uh, kind of going off the rails here. And, uh, and Ripley's coming in to shut him down. Um, find, she's really, really, really taking charge now. She's been slowly taking charge here and there by bits and pieces. But I think this minute that we're going to talk about today might be the moment where she really
2: actually grabs the reins of this whole operation. Their transfor- yeah. Transformation minute, if you will.
1: And she does it so well. She's has a way of speaking that she's not talking down to him and it's authoritative enough that you... I want to listen. I'm like, I'll go get the things.
0: Yeah, I. She's perfect. Like, really, I was. I have a line or a, a note here about this line. We need you, and I'm sick of your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the duality of that line because she's she's being it's positive reinforcement. Like Hudson, you're a skilled uh, com tech. You're the guy that we need to figure out the schematics of this place to do any sort of computer technical work. Um, and I'm sick of your fucking bullshit. (laughs) You know, it comes in right at the end. It's like, uh, similar to how, you know, without the profanity, how my mom might've spoken to me when I was uh, a teenager, you know? So I think it's, it's like perfect maternal, um, but utilitarian speak, you know, like we got to get, you, you do need to start working, but I might use a slight insult here to get you motivated (laughs) and realize how ridiculous you're acting right now.
1: Yeah. There's a whole thing with, um. It also, being called out on your bullshit sometimes really helps, especially by a stranger. I find that uh, I'll be on the subway, for instance, and there'll be a child acting crazy, and the mom will be like, please stop, please stop. And as soon as a stranger looks at them and says, stop, the kid's like, huh? So I feel like this is a perfect time for Hudson to be like, oh, wait, I am acting like a jerk because, I mean, you see at the uh, very beginning where he's like, oh, is it going to be like one of those bug hunts? Where he's just kind of a show off, and it takes a person outside of his circle of people he knows to really put him back into his place.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'd never thought about that correlation, but yeah, it is similar to the child. You know, the kids are used to telling, uh, rebelling against their mother or, or acting up against their family members. Uh, but if somebody outside the circle comes along, yeah, I can see what you mean. They're. It's like has some sort of different it gives you a different perspective, I guess. And yeah, it definitely sobers him up real quick.
2: Yeah. I I like when he's still in uh, full Hudson mode. He says one of them, I think maybe me, not his most memorable lines in the movie, like his most memorable line in this movie is Game Over Man, right? Right. Right. But when Ripley reminds him that Newt has been surviving by herself without a plan, without weapons or anything like that, he's like, Put her in charge, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's I, I I have a note about that too. So, I've definitely said this a few times in my life, uh, depending on who it is. I'll say, Put him in charge, then. Yeah. Like, if anybody ever falls, it's a great line,
1: so good. I also. It- She's smart to give him something specific to do because if that's a main thing. I I did a lot of outdoor survival classes, and they were talking about how if you're lost with someone who's freaking out, you give them three specific tasks to do, even if they're just silly tasks, like go pick up sticks, because it focuses them and makes them think about something else besides the panic that they have. And it works across anything, not just if you're lost in the woods, but if... uh, even in the restaurant, if someone's weeded, you could be like, all right, especially at a bar, because you're all working together, you can be like, get those two people their drinks, refill the ice and get some more lemons. And then they have something right. to do besides over being overwhelmed by everything going on around them. She's so smart.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the first line of the of chapter 10 of the novelization. Basically, we get the end of this minute and then it goes into the. Uh, or the chapter nine of the novelization ends at the same, the same way this minute ends. And then the first line of, of chapter 10 is once Hudson had something to work on, he moved fast. Ah. And I thought, yep, that's perfect. That's exactly what she's doing here. Right. <laughs> Just what you said. So mm-hmm. there was definitely in the minds of the, uh, at least the, the uh, uh, Alan Dean Foster when he was writing the novelization, but I'm sure that's the idea that was supposed to come across in the scene.
1: Yeah. Well, especially if you're giving them something you know or something they know.
0: Yeah. And he's proven himself to be competent. Like when it comes to all the technical stuff um uh, that we've seen him do so far, he's been great. Yeah. So, yeah. we forget um, that these
2: people are still Marines, you know, they're the best of the best. The cream of the crop. Ooh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they are. They're supposed to be, at least. But, you know, that doesn't matter much when, uh, you know, fear is the mind killer, as they say in Dune. So uh, yeah. it doesn't matter much how competent you are. If you're going to scream and yell game over all the time, you're not going to be worth <laughs> shit. Yeah. But, you know, this is what I, what I was going to say, too, about, you know, just to add on to what we've been saying about Ripley and how she handles the situation. It's really the foreman character from the Nostromo that's that's coming out now. She was, remember, she was the foreman us, for lack of a better word, of of the engineering crew on the Nostromo, and now we're seeing like, oh yeah, she knows how to run a crew. She knows how to deal with these kind of crises, and uh, and like you're saying, a restaurant situation, uh, Crystal. It's it's you know that kind of stuff comes out. You have to have some of these what like managerial strategies sometimes. And it seems as if she's pulling from her experience, um, her past experience on the Nostromo, and maybe other ships she had been on to use here on Hudson. So it's it's good Ripley it's that Ripley I've been talking about all along that we the Ripley uh, I know from alien isn't there for most of this movie like it takes a long time for her to come out of her shell but now we're actually seeing evidence of the very Ripley and how she would have behaved in alien
2: well, she's been psychologically damaged and she kind of is forced now to come out to be that strong person that got her out of the Nostromo now yeah. she didn't want it's almost like she doesn't want to be but now she's she, she's completely capable of so you're right. That shell though is very, very thick psychological damage.
1: It's also I know you've talked about this on episodes before, but this is like six hours. I know it's like months, but she just left the alien, even though it's been 50, 50 years? Sixty years? 57?
0: Fifty seven? Yeah.
1: 57, Yeah. Fifty seven years. Um it just happened like four months ago. <laughs> Right. So while everyone's like, oh, get over it, it's not that big of a deal, she's like, no, I just experienced this, this. Right,
2: this is still fresh in my mind. I
1: just beat this alien, and now I'm back with it again. Oh, God. And
0: by
2: the way, your daughter's dead.
1: And by the way, your daughter's dead.
2: <laughs> in the director's cut, she's dead, yes. Um, can I, I Can I have a question real quick? You were, ta- John, you were talking about the Nostromo and how Ripley's official title was – engineering team foreman or something like that. Yeah, I don't know
0: if that, that's more of a lack of a better way yeah. to put it. But yeah. yeah.
2: I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, do you, but do you remember what Dallas's official title was? He's just like ship captain. Cap-
0: he's captain. captain. I mean, Dallas? okay. Yeah. He's the, he's the James Kirk, you know, of the Nostromo. So yeah. he was the captain and then Kane would have been, uh, you know, Spock. He would have been the second in command. And that's how it ended up coming down to her when, uh, you know, as she says, when they try to bring Kane onto the ship, with the face hugger on, she's she's the one in charge actually. So yeah. that's how she ends up being in charge entirely once Kane gets uh, chest bursted and Dallas bites it in the in the ventilation ducts.
2: Did you ever talk about that hit that deleted scene where she finds him?
0: Where she finds Dallas? Yeah, we okay. did. Okay, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> we sure did. Yeah, and we talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago, just because um, when we first see the colonists cocooned. Yes. Well either either that's the first time you've ever seen it if it's 1986 and you only saw you know you would have only seen the theatrical cut of alien in 86 then when you're seeing aliens it's like wow uh i've never seen anything like this this cocooning thing's insane but you know uh now it's like understood as the common practice of the xenomorph is to cocoon people like that
1: Ugh. i wouldn't want that to happen to me me neither i don't know how you guys feel about
0: it well, you know i've given it a lot of thought And I I agree. I I wouldn't (laughs) want that at all. I think that would be terrible.
1: I'm glad it took a lot of thought for you to figure that out. You're like, you know what? I don't want to. I was like, maybe it looks like a, like a thunder coat for a dog, but for a person, maybe it's comforting. Well, Well,
0: you know, they they say don't knock it if you haven't tried it, but I'm going to have to knock it in this case without trying it. (laughs) I think that, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and leave, leave this one untried.
1: I don't know if you spoke about this in an episode, and I missed it, but I did we compare these to the Stranger Things cocoons?
0: Oh, no. I don't think so. I think that we were predated. I think when you were on our show, Stranger Things had not come out.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. I've heard anyone talk about it bef- yeah. on any episodes this season either for Aliens, <laughs> but when I saw Stranger Things, I was like, all right, alien. Aliens. I was like, you are... This is... An almost exact ripoff, where the person is the life. Well, I mean, I guess it's you know sci-fi, so it's going to be the same kind of across the board until someone yeah. thinks of something new. But to be stuck in a wall with something in your throat impregnating you with a slug was eerily similar to um, the face huggers. The face huggers, and when we were at the Stranger Thing bars in Chicago, I was—that's where I first was like, oh, I want to talk about this on Aliens.
0: <laughs> well, Stranger Things, you know, it's the it's maybe the ultimate pastiche of 70s and 80s uh genre film tropes and it's great for it. I love it. Uh, you know, I love that kind of nostalgia, but yeah, they borrowed from everything they possibly could and, yeah. and it was great. It'll be fun to see what they borrow from next uh, besides yeah. Ghostbusters, which we've already seen from the from the promo f- photos, but you know, I don't I can't even think. I think maybe it might it might be out by the time this episode airs or maybe shortly after. So we might be a little bit dating ourselves, but it's uh, yeah, really excited about Mm -hmm. that. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to it. And this is, I mean, that's the, I know this isn't stranger things minute, but because it (laughs) pulled up so much stuff from movies and books of uh, growing up and being, that's the stuff I was scared of. Oh, I loved it. And I would hate to have something down my throat. I don't, I'm glad there's no face huggers in the minutes we have because they actually oh they're terrify terrifying. Me.
2: I was rewatching this movie from beginning to end to get ready for this, and I remember when they find the face hugger on that colonist towards the beginning of the movie. Whew, that's really scary.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. That we could just ask the question. I wonder which which is the more disconcerting version of the alien, like. To you, most the most disquieting, disturbing one is that the face hugger having the face hugger on you, um, having the chest burster inside you come out, or being stalked by this um, insatiable beast uh, that you that has acid for blood. Like which one do you think is the worst version?
2: Oh, well, I can only speak to like the aesthetic appeal or non appeal. Never to both been of attacked
1: them. by. No before. I've
2: never been attacked, but my th- th- Rick and Morty does this too where these are HR Geiger mo- designed monsters, right? Yes. And so there's a lots and lots of genital replication of penises and vagina mapped yeah, onto yeah. the like the facehugger, if you look at the bottom it looks very similar like female genitalia and the alien his crest and everything looks a lot like a penis, so it's like for some reason to us humans these type of images are an incredibly visceral and and unnerving, and so I think they're equally visually un, unappealing uh, both ways. Which one's more badass? Which one's more awesome? I would have to go with just the the grown up alien on the face hugger. You know, the face hugger you can actually, if you're strong enough, get it off of you. These aliens, there's no way you're overpowering an alien.
1: Ah, uh, see,
2: A xenomorph.
1: I I don't disagree with you because that's your opinion. And you're allowed to have it. My <laughs> opinion's different though, where I am a little bit more scared of the face hugger because the face hugger is destined to die. It has no other motivation besides finding you and impregnating you yeah. with the alien. An alien is scared, an alien can get scared. It learns fear, so you're able to evade it. And yeah. this could be my thoughts because I just finished playing Alien Isolation for the second time. But you can scare the alien away. The chest burster is the uh, repercussion of having the face hugger on you. Right. But that face hugger, there is just a, a ride or die philosophy with him, where he's like, you know "I'm coming just now."
2: Realized when the when the egg opens, there's like a chemical reaction, and like the, the, the face hugger gets kind of like supercharged, kind of like the same way sperm do to get moving they're not like creatures but there's like a chemical reaction that causes them to wiggle their tail and move maybe they're like supercharged on like uh, this chemical battery action that happened in the egg and they're literally not even thinking because they can't eat they're just like super highly evolved sperm
1: which is terrifying it's terrifying
0: yeah I I would say you know it's almost to summarize uh, things that we talked about as far as the fear factor of these creatures uh, we talked about considerably over the entire season of Alien Minute but to, to sort of summarize it, you have your, like the popular psychology ideas, uh, readings of the fear would be, you've got your rape fear with the facehugger, right? you got, yeah. especially specifically, you know, playing more with, I guess, male rape in, in this case, where you've got a male f- character being face raped by a creature, right? <laughs> That's terrifying <laughs> all by itself. Ugh. Then you have the, the popular you know another popular psycholo- psychological idea of male impregnation, like uh, being pre- impregnated as a male. So we have got Cain who actually gives is impregnated and gives birth, which is a fear they say that men generally have subconsciously. And then we have the the wider, the broader, um, faceless, mindless creature that won't stop for anything. And you're right. I, guess, I suppose you can scare them off. To a certain extent, but they will figure out a way to get around whatever it was that scared them. That's the right. thing that we sort of learn down the line um, with the with the century guns uh, mm-hmm. in the director's cut, right? But on a personal level, I the face huggers my problem for two reasons. Yeah. I'm claustrophobic, ah. so having something having things close to my face at all bothers me a lot, and I have a really 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 bad gag reflex. <laughs> Like oh, the de- oh, any dentist, any dentist I've ever been to will tell you that I'm their least favorite patient. So both of those things put together, the face hugger is by far the worst thing I can imagine. I, like I would hugger- rather be chest bursted than be face
1: hugged. <laughs> Whoa! I feel like the face hugger would try to face hug you, and it would be like, oh my god, oh oh my god, because it'd be trying to <laughs> shove its thing in, and you'd just be like. Click! <laughs> But you'd just be like uh, shoving it out again, yeah.
0: I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. Uh, uh, Just give me a second.
1: (laughs) It would just let go and be like, forget it, I'm going to find someone new.
0: (laughs) I can actually see this kind of skit playing out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, 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 so the facehugger facehugger wins for worst version of the alien for me. I don't guess we've ever talked about that before, but, you know, it's a good time to bring it up.
1: Yeah, definitely. I There's really no
0: facehuggers or any aliens in this minute, but it's a good time to bring it up.
1: Uh, we have a nice, calm middle area. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Alien also is the, scary.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of which, though, the minute does end with Bishop going to continue his analysis on the aliens. That's pretty much all we got for the minute. Uh, that That part of it's going to continue on into tomorrow. So do you guys have anything else for this minute?
1: I do
2: not. That's one last thing I want to say. This minute starts with uh, Ripley is making her face when she's being authoritative. She looks like an alien, the way she's jutting her teeth out.
0: Man, I've never said that. There's been multiple times where I've thought Sigourney Weaver had an interesting, um, I guess it's happenstance, you know, similarity to the alien. Like, and this is no way insulting to scorny weaver at all she's yeah. a beautiful woman uh-huh. but there's something about that jawline and the way she juts her teeth out sometimes i yeah. i'm right with you i've thought that a million times okay cool i mean she kind of has the look and it's cool it's cool that she does there's this especially as the series continues and they become more and more attached to each other uh that visual similarity plays in a little bit more but yeah i'm with you she does uh, she does have a similar look all right well, if that's going to do it uh, for this minute, why don't you guys let me know where I can, uh, where people out there can find you online? And we never even mentioned that you guys have your own uh, movies by Minutes show. So maybe you should tell everyone about that a little bit.
1: Sure, uh, John and I host a Movies by Minutes podcast called The Fifth Element. Woo-hoo. It's about the Fifth Element, and we are we're nearing the end. Actually, we are on minute one oh nine. I yeah. think on Monday. So. Yeah. That's crazy, and you can listen to that on iTunes. We also have a video game podcast called Unlimited Lives Radio, which you can also listen to on iTunes, or you can watch us stream it live on Twitch every Thursday at 6 p.m.
2: On twitch.tv slash Radio.
1: Thank you, John. And if you want to follow me on social media, I am the Crystal Beth on everything.
2: And if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnRobertWilso.com. Give me a follow, why don't you? Oh, God. <laughs>
0: all right. And you can follow us or find us at AlienMinute.com or follow us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod, on Instagram at Alien minute podcast. Um, and it's Monday, so let's thank the makers, uh, Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer, for coming with Star Wars Minute and then loaning this idea out to all of us to cover our movies that we've chosen to cover minute by minute. Thanks a lot, guys, again. All right. Well, that's going to do it for minute number 76. We'll see you tomorrow for minute 77.
2: See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.